Welcome to another episode of IBSC Exploring Boys Education, a regular podcast in which we engage with the ideas that are shaping the landscape of boys education. I'm Bruce Collins, IBSC Director of Member Engagement, and it's a real privilege to be your host. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to our first episode for 2020. Our Northern Hemisphere member schools are gearing up for the second half of their school years, while many Southern Hemisphere schools will be in the throes of the start of their academic years. This episode is the first of many Teacher Talk features in which we explore different approaches to teaching in boys' schools by hearing from colleagues in member schools around the world. Each Teacher Talk feature will focus on a particular practice or pedagogy and offer insights into how these practices are being implemented in schools globally. In this episode, we'll be focusing on boys and stories and the impact of using narrative in teaching boys. Our guests today are a very special group of teachers. The seven people I interview represent six of the top 10 IBSC Action Research Reports written for the 2018-2019 IBSC Action Research Project, Boys and Stories. Margot Long, coordinator of the IBSC Action Research Program, gives us an introduction to stories as a pedagogy. Storytelling's been around for a really long time as a useful tool, and it's a way that people use to make sense of the world around them. Um, stories connect us to one another um, and they help us learn about our history and our ancestors. But also through telling your own story, um, you learn how to transform yourself you, and, and you define your own identity. And then probably the third component was that when you listen to other people's stories, you develop empathy um, and, and, and perhaps a tolerance of difference and otherness. Before we do a deep dive into this topic, just a reminder that one of the benefits of IBSC membership is access to research into best practice in boys' schools. While IBSC undertakes formal research into boys' education each year, the action research reports available in IBSC Member Centre give insights into what is happening in member schools globally. Check out our episode notes for links to these research resources in IBSC Member Centre. Let's get back to our focus for this episode as we ask our guests, teachers from IBSC member schools in South Africa, Australia, Canada and New Zealand to introduce themselves. I'm Penny Horsley and I work at Shaw, which is a boys school in North Sydney in Australia. And I, I'm an English teacher, I run the debating, I dabble in some of the sports, um, but literature is my passion. Um, I'm Catherine Stenoff from St Peter's Boys Prep in South Africa. I'm the Deputy Head and Director of Academics and I also teach LO Life Orientation to the Boys. Hi, I'm Nicole Richardson. I'm from St Peter's Boys Prep in South Africa, Johannesburg. I teach Grade 3, 4 and 5 boys. My name is Melissa Ramon. I teach Grade 8 History and I'm also the Librarian at St Andrews College in Aurora, Canada. My name is Richard Fondam and I am a teacher, cabin coach and outdoor instructor at Dilworth rural campus. Um, we're a bespoke outdoor uh, learning facility uh, for year nine students for a, a year of adventurous, challenging learning. 
Um, my name is Patricia Alviano. I am the middle school learning support teacher at Crescent School in Toronto. Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Patrick L, and I'm a year six teacher at the King School Preparatory School in Sydney, Australia. I've got 25 boys under my care there, and I'm also a housemaster at the school with partial responsibilities for about 80 boys. Implementing storytelling as a pedagogy is a powerful practice. I asked our guests, who represent a wide range of curriculum areas and age groups, what this looks like in practice. King's School Housemaster, Patrick L, kicks off the conversation by explaining how storytelling touches on the process, product and content of teaching practice. I've implemented narrative, I think, across and I hope across the range of my teaching um, to, to achieve a range of ends. And I think the, the main reason is when I think about teaching, there's three things that come to mind, which are the process, the product and the content that we want to both engage our students with and the work that we want them to produce. And I think that narrative and storytelling can touch on each of those. Um, in regards to the process, uh, I use narrative uh, in, in combination with a range of tools um, to create enthusiasm and engagement. For example, I've used uh, the behavior management and classroom management tool Classcraft to set up quests in which there, uh, a narrative reveals itself around the tasks that boys are doing and each task they complete might reveal the next section of the narrative where the quest is enriched and the next activity is revealed to them. Um, currently I'm using a tool called Incarnate where my students are creating, a, it's a map making tool where they're creating a world within which their stories for the term are going to take place. And within that world, we're then able to teach the elements of narrative writing. So in terms of the process, I think we can enrich the students' engagement with the process of teaching narrative by creating stories um, within and for their learning. In, in terms of the product, um, narrative is a, a I think a, a, we, we can broaden the definition of narrative here to enable the students to produce output of which they can be proud and which they can reflect upon. I think storytelling when it comes to the product that we want our students to produce is also a tool whereby they might write, but they can also tell stories orally, visually, and through other mediums as well. Uh, and then lastly, I think in regards to the content um, that uh, we're teaching, narrative is, is a great tool to, to engage our students and to create buy-in. And we can use storytelling across the curriculum. So I was uh, recently teaching displacement and um, engaged my students at the start of the lesson by the story of Archimedes and his cry of Eureka as he discovered a way in which to um, dis discover whether or not there was um, the, the, the gold crown which he was investigating for the king had indeed been diluted with silver by the goldsmith or not. South Africans Catherine Stienhoff and Nicole Richardson explained their implementation of a series of storytelling activities designed to grow and foster mentoring relationships between older and younger boys at St. Peter's Boys Prep in Johannesburg. Right, so at St. Peter's we've um, had a buddy program between the grade 2 and grade 6 boys. So grade 2, yeah, they transitioned to grade 3 and this is a buddy partnership to help with the transition. So it's been in existence and with this research we looked at it to see can we use storytelling to actually improve the whole buddy system. Yeah, and we thought through storytelling that it would create an intentional program that would strengthen relational skills in grade 6. Um, one of our main activities was the, the my story, your story, telling each other their stories. And that is where the connections formed. They found their common interests um, and that's where they made the connections. 
that there were three things that the boys had to focus on in order to strengthen this relationship through storytelling. And that was, you know, they had to acknowledge through acknowledgement, and we, we, all, we chatted about what acknowledgement was. It was forming trust between you and your, your buddy, and then also making that connection. Grade six boys, actually, they led the whole um, interactions when they met their buddy, and they told the story of, of their house. So the boys shared their story then, um, they made up a walk, uh, they taught their grade two buddies a war cry, and that was that initial activity. The next activity was um, where they actually, uh, they worked apart and they, they wrote their My Story using a little um, um, My creator. Story book creator. <coughs> and then the grade sevens actually printed out the book and gave it to their buddy. And we've got, we've got grade threes now who still have this very beaten um, My Story book. And then they sat down next to each other, boys' best practice, shoulder to shoulder, so they don't have to look at each other, and shared their stories. And the next activity that it was growing, we called it growing their story, and that was when they involved, they, they were planting plants outside um, on campus with the boys. And that really, after the, the, my, the my Story, Your Story um, book creator um, activity, this was where the boys really made connections as well, because they were planting a little tree, and they spoke about planting a tree, putting our roots down, growing, growing their relationship. After that, we did the story of their nicknames. So they gave each other nicknames, which is a nice precursor to high school where often boys do get nicknames and we, we focused on the positive. Patricia Alviano from Crescent School in Canada shares about her implementation of storytelling with her mentor group to develop identity awareness. This year specifically, I'm taking a look on uh, developing the boys' awareness around the power of stories. Um, so for example, we've had, you know, recently the privilege of, um, two very powerful guest speakers visit the school and, um, and share their stories, uh, with the boys. And in the follow-up discussions, I, I've been very intentional with, um, speaking very explicitly to the boys about how they felt when the speaker was sharing their story talking a little bit about what surprised them as they were listening to the story and, um, and what aspects they'll take away with them from that story. So really honing in on their listening skills and developing their listening skills as they're listening to stories. I've also had um, a number of one-on-one -on -one conversations with students where they're telling me a story. And in those moments, I've used acknowledgement and reframing um, to model the characteristics that I've learned about them through their story. So, for example, you know, I could share with a boy, um, I can tell that that was a really pivotal moment for you through your storytelling. And what I'm hearing is that you took a risk and that you were brave. And I think it's important to do this so that the boys recognize that there is a link between their life stories and the experiences that they share and, and who they are as a person. And in the next few weeks, um, I'm going to move into replicating the action for my IBSC project, um, where the boys will be invited to share stories and write personal narratives and really take a deep dive into the, the notion of identity and how um, they're linked. In a similar fashion, Penny Horsley shares how her and Shaw School Sydney colleague, Jonathan Mile, introduced yarns with high school students to develop vulnerability, respect and a spirit of collaboration. We came up with a concept of developing a yarns scenario in our English classroom for Year 10 boys. 
we wanted to explore how telling stories and sharing stories in that classroom could um, mitigate some of the competitive urges of the students as they get towards their final years of high school and develop a place where it was safe, kids were vulnerable, and there was a sense of respect and, and a strong culture of sharing and collaboration. Um, so we developed uh, a program where we sat around in a circle and sh literally shared stories, shared yarns. Um, and I started talking about um, a personal story of my own because we said to the boys, you know, if we expect you to be vulnerable, then we need to be vulnerable too. And I spoke about um, coming out as a, a gay person as a teenager in a culture where that was you know, kind of frowned upon, I suppose. And um, it was weird coming out again at 36 to a bunch of teenage boys, but um, it went down really well and it set the tone for, for a sense of trust. And then boys volunteered to share stories of their own. Some of them were funny and some were, uh, you know, quite serious. And we had a process of journaling and responding verbally to each other. <clears throat> and it was amazing that the, uh, the atmosphere in the classroom uh, during that project was, you know, just, you could, you could it was almost tangible. So, um, yeah, we found it really successful. Another Canadian teacher, Melissa Ramon, uses archived stories to grow empathy in her St Andrews College Grade 8 history class. Her reflection on this process is fascinating. Well, I've been teaching Grade 8 boys for quite a few years. Uh, a number of years ago, the current archivist came to me and said, we have a lot of things here, and I think your boys would enjoy exploring them. So we developed a project where the boys have a chance to research one particular soldier who went off to World War I and didn't come home again. Um, I was hunting for a way to make history come alive for the boys and make it a little bit more personal. And I thought that this might be just the ticket. Lastly, outdoor educator Richard Van Dam from New Zealand's Dilworth School shares about his desire to connect boys to context and further develop his school's use of narrative reporting. Currently, we have a narrative-based approach to assessment and reporting for our year nines. Um, it's, it's now an embedded um, approach to our assessment for learning. And this learning journey or narrative reporting structure enables boys a voice and choice and it gives them a lot of autonomy about um, how they curate and share the learning that they feel is most important over the, the half year and then the full year. Um, the thing that strikes me about the learning journeys um, as, a, as a narrative reporting style is just the amount of metacognitive activity that's going on um, as the boys think about their learning, try to understand what makes it stand out or what doesn't make it stand out, and also the relationships that they build with staff throughout that process because it's a, it's a negotiated process and it's co-constructed. So we had that already um, established prior to the RBSC project, um, but since, since the project has come to its conclusion, 
we've really worked at tweaking that process to help the boys understand what a narrative arc is. And even within that narrative arc, there are smaller narratives where they go off and, and look at, you know, I suppose different plots in terms of their learning and, 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 and um, it might look at just the classroom or just at um, the social living arrangement, their cabins and their relationships or their learning in the outdoors. And uh, we encourage them to think of that as a journey and, and where it's going to and coming from and how it takes different paths all the way along. One of the really cool things that we've done also is that um, in terms of our outdoor education program, Every trip that goes out now, prior to the trip leaving the school, um, the school campus, when we have um, our allotted period of uh, SSR for that week, the boys are engaging with readings or stories told by staff or sometimes read by themselves that um, has to do with the context of the environment that they're exploring. It might be um, some kind of religious connotation um, and or refer to our chapel themes for that particular time of the year or it will look at the historical the cultural uh, relevance of that area um, so that our boys are engaging with context before they get into that context so that they're activating prior knowledge um, and um, it's also captivating their attention and um, helping them become more motivated and engaged in the activities because they have some understanding of where they're going to and why they're going there as well. Next, I asked our guests to reflect on the impact of using stories in their teaching. Penny kicks us off by sharing about how her use of storytelling is evolving. I interviewed the boys five months after this project about changes that they had noticed and there was there were a lot of very positive reactions. They all wanted to do it again. So we did we ran the program again um, just a couple of months ago and it was equally as successful. Again, I shared a story about myself and um, yeah, they love it. Richard's insights are similarly interesting. Storytelling is is evocative. It's so powerful and um, it's really engaging for the boys. They get captured by the story and taken along with it. And in the process, they're, they're, they're learning by osmosis, not, not by, you know, rote or by direct instruction. So it, it's immediately very accessible and that's an impact on, on them. The other thing I think is that it's, it's equitable. You know, you can tell stories from lots of different angles and depending on the pitch, the depth or the direction, you can create a, an approach that caters to the, to the boys that you're talking to. I think it's enabled our kids to hold multiple perspectives. Boys have developed their confidence to share their learning um, through finding their own storytelling voice and teaching boys to own their own narrative. Um, it's authenticating their personal learning, which is quite a hard thing to do. Patricia has seen growth in relational connection and emotional granularity in the boys in her mentor group. Uh, there has certainly been a positive impact on the boys. Um, first and foremost, I can say that uh, without a doubt, my relationship with each one of the students 
who participated in my research um, has really solidified over time. Um, even now, as I'm not officially their mentor, as we're into a new school year, um, I'm often reminded of how close we are as the boys just sort of float into my office, share stories, and, you know, I'm always really happy to hear them using a lot of the language around storytelling. Um, and, you know, many of them have practiced the skill of not only how to tell a story, but how to interpret it. And, and the fact that they're comfortable in, in that space is, is really wonderful. Um, I'm also really um, delighted to see that they're able to name their emotions and connect them back um, and really use that practice of narrative coherence to make sense of what's happening in their lives. And, and I think that that's a really important practice skill to practice. Um, and, and, you know, something that I'm also really struck by is um, a boy's natural tendency to lean in um, as soon as I say that I'm about to tell a story. And, and I think it's really important to model um, storytelling because it shows them that you too are open to being vulnerable to the process and that stories provide you know, a place for us to all reflect and identify patterns, make connections. So when they see it, um, they're more inclined to um, start practicing the skill themselves. Patrick has a deep desire to enable his boys as communicators and create relevance for them. He shares what he's observed through his implementation of storytelling in the curriculum. The impact that we're trying to achieve is to enable, you know, enable our students as powerful communicators. Um, you know, my experience in, in both the teaching world and in my years before becoming a teacher in the corporate world is, is, is that as they grow and mature and they engage in the professional world, no matter really what they do, I think that at the end of the day, business is about relationships and ultimately those relationships hinge on shared experience and shared experiences are human story. So the impact we're trying to do is enable our students to share their human story, reflect on it and to... Uh, have, have an enriched range of ways and media that they can do that. So when I think about the impact um, in terms of the process, I think I've seen um, engagement levels increase when I use stories to either reveal the steps of a process to, to boys um, or they can gain access to further knowledge by um, taking part in the story of, of a lesson sequence. In terms of the product, certainly through my action research, I, I was very pleased that I was able to enable my boys' communication through, through exposing them and teaching them and getting them to use different channels and different media. And there were students that were um, able to produce work of which they were extremely proud that would otherwise perhaps have struggled using more traditional narrative tools of just, just plain pencil and paper. And then in context, I think storytelling around content is, is one of the most powerful impacts because we can create relevance for our students. Both Melissa and Catherine and Nicole have seen a development of empathy and connection in the boys they teach through the use of stories. I discovered, and through, through their own video journaling, I discovered that after the project, once they'd really gotten to know the soldiers, the boys felt gratitude for things, for, for the actions taken by the generations that came before them. I found that they were able to connect on a much more personal level because 
the experience, the current experience for my students with war is through video games. That's usually their, their, their closest link to what happens to soldiers. And by studying the, the boys who went to, to our school and who went off to war, um, these boys were able to make connections on an emotional level. They were able to develop what, what we would call uh, historical empathy. Um, and the impact is, is huge. They were saying things like, my guy was just an everyday guy like me. He liked to play sports. He had a job. He, he decided to go to war in order to do something greater than himself. So for me, that was a big payoff. Um, to know that my boys were connecting on an emotional level to the individual soldier whose stories they were learning about was, was fantastic. Very rewarding. I think there have been a number of impacts um, using storytelling. I think the first one, it, it provided a very safe environment for the boys and a positive environment for them to share their stories and to make connections. It was um, what we noticed. It was the boys have learned that if you know someone's story, if you have an understanding of their backstory of who they are, where they come from, you can form a connection. And that was very important for us. I think one, one of the wonderful things about the project was, was watching the, the boys um, throughout the project. At the beginning there was actually a huge level of frustration. The boys thought that when they uh, met their buddies there was just going to be an instant connection and they would just be lifelong friends. And then for them to realize that there was actually work involved. And the storytelling is what, what enabled them to actually make those connections, to be, start the conversations, to know where to go. And at the end of the program, um, it's now a year later, and those connections are still so strong. The, the boys, the older boys still find their buddies to when they're doing sport or when it's their birthday, they bring them a little chocolate for their birthday. Uh, every time uh, one of their buddies is called up in, in, a, in an assembly or a chapel, you can see the pride in their face because it's, it's that connection with their, their own buddy. Some good research has underpinned each teacher's implementation of storytelling in their praxis. What follows are some insights into the thoughts that supported each educator's decisions in this regard. Patrick kicks us off by highlighting the importance of pedagogy. If we define pedagogy as the art and science of teaching, then to me storytelling is the art. I think the science we can we can look at quantifiable measures whereby we might look at impact factors and, and those sorts of things. But all of the, any strategy which we can measure has to be implemented. It has to be brought to the fore by a person or a teacher or a tool, which is a storytelling device, you know, at the end of the day. Our, our students are looking at us for relevance. They're looking at us for um, understanding. And I think for me, my background before teaching in anthropology as an archaeologist, as a historian, the human story has always been what's fascinated me. And I think using stories as a way to communicate knowledge it, it is fundamental to our shared experience. So in, in, I think there is research which helps us to justify the use of storytelling, but I don't think it's what's driven storytelling as the way in which we, we teach and learn. Both Richard and Patricia, while on other sides of the world, drew their inspiration from the practice of narrative therapy. Narrative therapy is quite a well-known approach within counselling circles. And I already had an awareness of, of narrative approaches to how uh, counsellors help people identify their values and their skills and their knowledge um, and how they can mobilise those so that they can effectively engage with 
whatever problems that they're facing. So I was aware of this approach to, to helping people. And uh, I was thinking about that and it got me, well, thinking that narrative therapy is nothing more than learning about your, your emotions and your feelings and your values and the, the, the things that drive you. So my interest in storytelling, um, it really began when um, I was trained in narrative therapy. And it was really the first experience that I had um, with, um, you know, digging deeper into the power of stories. Um, through that process, I learned to be a more effective listener and how to ask powerful questions, which then really tied nicely into the IBSC um, theme of storytelling because I knew that this was work that I wanted to incorporate into my practice. And, and it was really the research uh, by... Tim and Habermas that drew me into thinking about storytelling as pedagogy. And it was his work that connected um, adolescence to the, the identity construction and how he focuses on contextualizing the self. He's done a number of different studies on um, how narrative coherence is one of the skills that adolescents need in order to bridge that gap between their lived experiences and their understanding of self. Um, so he's definitely a powerful figure that led me to this work. I'd also done some reading um, from an educational leadership perspective where ECE teachers and nurses in particular use narrative approaches um, to reflective learning and they encourage these practitioners to keep journals and tell stories about what's happening in their lives and how they engage with those, those events and circumstances and what they're learning from them as they develop their, their practices as, um, as leaders. It took me um, looking at a, a few other people who then explored narrative and storytelling from, from an intrinsically sort of educational perspective and I was quite quite captured by the work of Catherine Bowes um, from the Centre for Active Learning um, at uh, the University of Gloucester. And uh, she wrote uh, an article on digital storytelling for reflection and engagement. So I'd say formative uh, writers from narrative therapy. Um, the New Zealand Council for Education's work on uh, learning stories and how they're utilised in ECE and then Catherine Bowes' work with the three kind of major um, influences for me. Penny, Melissa, and Catherine and Nicole add their research insights to the conversation. Well, we looked at a lot of uh, material regarding vulnerability in the classroom and uh, along with narrative and storytelling. One book that was quite influential for us was Adam Cox's 2018 Cracking the Boy Code which isn't specifically about narrative, but talks about um, relational, the, the importance of relational, um, uh, relational focus in the classroom. And we, from that material, we um, teased out elements that were going to be appropriate for the narrative aspects of this project. In particular, I think Reichert and Holly uh, discuss how boys react in a very positive way uh, to a passionate teacher. I'm very passionate about these stories and so I think that helped to bring the boys along. Um, 
we also talk about the importance of learning or, or hearing stories, engaging with stories for developing empathy. And I think that that's one of the most amazing things that I can give to the grade eight boys that I teach is, is a feeling of empathy for other people. So um, that's a Barton and Leftstick Leftstock thing. Um, the idea of historical empathy and, and necessarily putting yourself in someone else's shoes because we, I mean, we can't really, we can't really do that. Uh, we live in a different time, but at least to understand some of the conditions and some of the reasons why people did what they did. We initially looked at, at um, Pink and at Cordwell, looking at what, what they were saying about storytelling. And it was very interesting for us that Daniel Pink was saying, in order to prepare our boys for the 21st century, we have to teach them the soft skills of communication um, and empathy. And he was very strong, and this can be achieved through storytelling. So that formed the basis, and, and Cordwell as well, saying that learning doesn't take place through um, isolation. There has to be an interaction. And they were v both very big on storytelling as a vehicle to get those boys to develop those communication skills and empathy. And Aidman and Long, they spoke a lot about um, the fact that any form of communication is storytelling, any, any sort of communication. Because when we started, we were a bit nervous because we didn't do the traditional writing a story or reading a story. But all of our activities had that storytelling element in there. And, um, and then looking at Durden, Durden, he's done a lot of research on the actual My Story books and making those booklet, uh, booklets. Many of you listening to this podcast might already be implementing storytelling in your teaching, or you might want to venture into using narrative as a pedagogy. I asked our guests to give some advice to colleagues. Richard's initial advice is simple. Yeah, just go and do it. <laughs> I, think, um, I think doing it, you know, I, I'm an outdoor educator, and so we're, we're full on into the experiential learning cycle, right? And there is so much knowledge to be gained about yourself and about the learning process by, by doing some observations, putting a plan in place, taking some action, and then thinking about it later on. My advice is to go away and do it. Reflect on what you've done. Tell your own stories. Kids are captivated by that, and they're drawn in, and I think that builds the fabric of, of relationship between student and teacher. Amongst other things, Melissa encourages us to give the boys we teach agency. Primarily, you have to be prepared that it's going to take time. Um, if you want the boys to be engaging with stories in a meaningful way, I think, I think it just it takes time. You need to allow them to immerse themselves in the stories uh, and then give them the opportunity to bring those stories to a wider community as well, not just learn them themselves, but then have the opportunity to share. Uh, that's what we did through my project, and that was a, another powerful piece of the puzzle. Um, I think providing boys a lot of a lot of opportunity to have their own voices heard, and to have to exercise a lot of choice in what stories they're telling or how they're telling the stories. I think the how can be very powerful, um, rather than just you know standing up there uh, in front of an audience and telling the story. I think stories can be told in a lot of different ways. So for example, my guys chose to uh, tell their stories through, through objects. Um, they created um, products to give to very, very senior old boys of our school. We call them the 50 plus club. They've graduated 
50 years and more. And, and, and my, my students chose to share the stories of what we, who we call the fallen Andrians. They chose to share their stories through giving a gift uh, to the 50 plus club. So I think the advice there is allow the boys to, to have a lot of say in how they choose to share the stories and be willing to, to think broadly about what, what shape that will take. Similarly, while Catherine and Nicole highlight the importance of creating emotional safety for boys, they also urge teachers to explicitly teach the principles of storytelling. You know, I think, as we mentioned, that stories provide, between boys, provide a very safe environment. When you're telling a story about yourself, it does provide a, provide a safe environment to, to form this connection, and it definitely does develop those skills, those communication skills, and the, those empathy as well. Um, and once you know someone's story, any relationship can be formed. I think what's important, what we learned, is, is explicit teaching. I, often I think we expect the boys to know things. You know, they've all listened to stories, so they should know how to put a story together. Um, they've all got friends, so they should know how to form a connection. But we actually need to teach them and practice, practice putting, it, um, yeah, putting it into practice. Richard further advises us to figure out which stories actually work. Not every story is going to work and uh, find out which are the good ones and why are they good. Is it their, their length? Is it their content? Is it the, the lesson? Or what is it about them? Figure out why they're good. While Patricia, Penny and Patrick all share different advice, they all agree that modelling is a key role for teachers to play when implementing storytelling in our praxis. I think that the first piece of advice that I would give um, is to to explore the possibilities. There, there really are a number of ways to introduce storytelling as a tool, especially for identity formation. But it's really important to begin with a framework that, that feels right to you as a practitioner. So whether it's starting off with, um, you know, reflecting and understanding other people's stories or having the boys begin to explored the opportunity of writing their own personal narratives. It really needs to come from a place where the practitioner is comfortable with the practice. Um, you know, as I reflect on my own action research, um, I think that if you're asking students to share a story, uh, be very intentional with creating a safe space. So one of the things that I did, which I would encourage others to do as well, is really start by building an alliance with the students, which means that you set the expectations around confidentiality, about vulnerability, and the more transparent that you can be with the process, the more comfortable the boys are with sharing. And, and you know, really invite students to be curious about themselves. Um, not only will this build trust, it's, it's really the foundation of this work. And my final piece of advice would be, you know, as a practitioner to really model your own storytelling and be vulnerable to the process. Um, it really can be moving and transformative for the boys as they're unpacking their story. Um, and it's even, you know, more memorable when, than when they watch somebody like their teacher, um, be vulnerable to the process as well. Storytelling goes to the heart of what we do as teachers. Uh, it's about identity and sharing and 
and developing trust and that relationship, which is crucial for any kind of learning. It's the starting point. So I'd encourage teachers to experiment with diff using different types of stories in their classroom, um, but also to share some of their own um, within reason and you know in the in the right moment, um, because I think that allows students to see the humanity in their teacher and develops that trust, really cultivates trust. Be bold and be positive and um, try to tell stories that are relevant not only to your students' lives but that come from your own experience, be that a, an experience that you've gone through or learning that you're able to transmit to them. I think at the end of the day, we are conduits for the knowledge that exists in the world around us. And our job is to provide that to our students in a way that engages them and enables them to understand it. And so storytelling is a way to situate the knowledge, not as something is that you hold within you, but that you can transmit to them. You're, you're passing it along. And in that regard, I think storytelling is a, is a, is a wonderful tool for, um, for teaching and learning. Um, and I think a second piece of advice would be to, to be a learner yourself, to be you know, continually interested in the world, which I think the majority of teachers are, and to share that with your students. Um, find ways to bring in what you are learning about into your classroom and into your practice. Finally, Richard urges us to let the stories do their work. Fight the urge to over-explain. Sometimes the power in the story is just leaving it there. I'm going to take Richard's advice and fight the urge to over-explain as I close out this episode. The teachers you have listened to have offered valuable advice and insight, and we are grateful for their input. Each of these wonderful colleagues' research reports, videos, and posters are available in IBSC Member Centre. Links to these are in the episode notes. Furthermore, Patricia Alviano wrote an article based on her Storytelling Action Research Project for NAIS, a link to which is also in the episode notes. So we've come to the end of another episode of IBSC Exploring Boys Education. From me, Bruce Collins, goodbye.